Christy. Hi. You made it. I did. I'm so excited to have you on. I really appreciate you making the time to chat with me. I'm like so stoked. I've been looking forward to this for like the last week since I asked you. So, <laughs> yay. I'm giddy. Well, it's Friday, which I'm stoked about. Yes, same. Um, we usually have some fun and some belly laughs, and I'm looking forward to a really great time. I'm going to kick off. So, with my podcast, Have You Met? I've got Christy here, AKA C Money. <laughs> I was thinking about when, when did we actually meet? I know it was through work, and mm-hmm. I was trying to see if you remembered when we actually met for the first time. I do not remember. Um, no, I know it was 2008-ish, and I know that we got along really well, and we just kind of became fast friends, but that's about as good as I can do. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. I feel the same. I was like, did we just bring you down to grand open a store? Like, is that yeah. how you came in? Yeah, I had known Scott. He was my, uh, our, our district manager. He was my district manager back while. So I knew him before he had moved down to Florida and that's how I had kind of had the hookup. That's awesome. I think that's how it happened is like, we're at the office, like, you know, I know, I know we got this new store opening and then you show up and then he's like, oh, I hired a new, a new manager. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so surprised. That's how that happened. Oh my goodness. Well, we definitely have had some fun over the years. And I think back to like some of the crazy stories like of like you running that store and calling me for like advice on some things. And I'm like, I don't know, I gotta call someone else. Like just some wild stuff happened. Um, oh, and, gosh. Then, and then we definitely had some fun outside of work too. And I was like, I was just thinking of like, uh, well, obviously the holidays cause we got Christy Mass around the corner. <laughs> I'm glad you remember the why. Very. You have to tell. Christy so, like, I, like all the Christieisms. I hope we hit several of them on this podcast. So you got to tell everyone, like, what's Christmas? Well, it's you know, I just I grew up not celebrating Christmas. Okay, so that was part of. I grew up as Jehovah's Witnesses. We don't know they don't Christmas. So I didn't actually begin celebrating Christmas until I was in my, I guess, really twenties. And so I felt like I really missed out. So Christmas is amazing. You know, like the feelings, the gifts are great too, but the decorations and the songs. And I was like, oh, I just, I wanted to immerse myself in it. And so as soon as I started to celebrate, I kind of made it my own holiday, which became Christmas because it was just so, it was, it was such a cool experience I had never had before, you know, and it, and it kind of stuck forever. So at, at almost 40, it's still Christmas. It's fine. I love it. I remember celebrating with you at your house in Brandon one time. And was that Brandon or Riverview? Anyways, it's all the same, right? (laughs) You, even as an adult, like you have like that sense of wonderment, like a young child would have around Christmas. And and it's so fun to be around. And, and, uh, and that was uh, just a a fond memory that we shared together. And then I also remember when we like almost nearly died together as well so oh my gosh I think about that I think that just like pops into my head I think the universe wants to remind me every now and then that I have nine lives like a cat but that <laughs> experience can I share it or no yes please okay well I don't know if I want to share all of it but yeah. let's say we were driving home together the three of us me you and, and Lauren and we're driving in Lauren's truck I'm driving and you guys are kind of like you know hanging out listening to music I think Lauren's sleeping in the back seat and it's raining 
and all of a sudden he she had an explorer all of a sudden it just it fishtails and it takes all the way across i think it was on was i on the gandhi no where was i i don't know 75. But yeah we were on 75. yeah <laughs> It took me all the way across one to one side of the highway, all the way across three lanes to the other side of the highway. And somehow there was no cars around me. I didn't hit anybody. We didn't flip. Like I knew just what to do with like turning the wheel the opposite way. It was like magic had happened. So there was definitely some forces looking out for us that day. Cause I, I there's no reason why we came out of that unscathed. There was, it shouldn't have happened that way, but it did and I'm so grateful. My gosh. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, it was on a bridge. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh, oh my, my goodness. Gosh. So like, yeah, like you literally you've literally held your life in my hands before. <laughs> I, you know, you're welcome. I kept you alive. So it was pretty good. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I often think about that and think about the fragility of life. And then I'm like, I'm good. Like I gotta yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah. That was close enough. Anyway, yeah. what what fun times like going yeah. to the beach and tailgating and um, we've just had a lot of fun and then so many good memories. And then you know adulthood hits and things uh, happen and you moved away to the windy city, yeah. but uh, for some reason we've kind of you know stayed in touch over the years. And I don't know that, that was kind of my next question. Like, why do you think we've stayed in touch? Like first of all, we were strangers at one point. We kind of you know, had to get along with each other because we work together, but we did hit it off. Like we have, um, you know, similar personalities. So what do you think it is that we stay in touch over the years? As you become an adult, there's a different level of friendship that you have that it, you can't really compare it to what friends quote unquote were when you were a kid. So when you're growing up and you're, you know, your, your entire world revolves around your friends and the things that you do and your activities, because you don't have, you know, this career and this family or, you know, the money situation or the house or whatever. And I think for us, we both said we hit it off and it was just an easy friendship, but just like any other friendship, there's there's chapters to it. And there's times where you and I have gone up a year without speaking. And then, you know, we have something like today or we connect again and we're just, it's like time never passed, you know? So I just feel like when you have friends like that, it doesn't, you can't gauge the friendship just based on how often you speak but more so the time that you do spend together, what it feels like, does it make you feel good? Does it uplift you? And if it does, then those are kind of, I feel like stick around for the long term. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I would say, so I have so much appreciation for just like your outgoing, generally positive personality, like, like your array of sunshine. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask that question. Like, I know it wasn't in the list of questions I sent over to you. You know, it's been something that's been on my mind recently. Like I'm typically like, you know, pragmatic, but I'm outgoing. Like I like to be funny and crack jokes. Uh, dad uh, jokes and stuff like that but um, um, but also like I find myself just um, you know sometimes being more like pragmatic than like always outgoing positive and upbeat and of course I try to surround myself with people that remind me like just have fun like, you know like, um, you always so, that way or was there like things that you do intentionally to be um, more um, generally positive and outgoing talk to me about that <laughs> it's trauma baby <laughs> <laughs> Oh That's the first answer that comes to my head. Um, you know, I, I, growing up, uh, my mom I, was mentally ill, as you know, 
and she was paranoid schizophrenic and this is a very brief story this is gonna this is gonna get positive i promise but she didn't take meds and so when, when I, was, I was around her uh, my dad would always say control what you can control because there's going to be things that come up that are out of your control that you just there's not much you can do about it it's just mom's situation the way that it is in the house right now and as a child it really did help me survive being in that house is a strong word but it, it did help me be able to uh, kind of have a sense of normalcy like to, to myself of everything that was happening I never felt like it was my fault or something I did but conversely it also made it so that I don't really get hung up things because I feel like there's only so much to do you know I don't my go immediately to the worst case scenario my brain goes to a thing that can come out of this and I it's been a trained practice. It's kind of happened over time, but it's something you can start small with if you don't do it naturally about when you have those voices come into your head that kind of are the doom and gloom, things aren't going to go well, this is going to be bad, to realize that those thoughts and those words aren't necessarily you. You are not your thoughts. It's things that are coming into your head. You don't have to listen to them. You don't have to take them seriously. It's just like another person. Like I have a Misty that I call her and she just shows up and crazy things sometimes. And I'm like, you have lost it, woman. Like that is not, I do not agree with your crazy thoughts right now. And that's really helped me in positive mode when I'm not, when I'm, you know, when things aren't going so well. And of course you can't do that all the time and you have to give yourself space and time to grieve when things aren't going well or you know, this stuff happens in life that is just impossible just to kind of gloss over. But for most of the everyday things, I do feel like there's a trained practice of just knowing when the doom and gloom comes into your mind, you don't have to give into it or you don't have to kind of feed that that fire you can just say you know what actually it's not that bad or oh it's going to be okay or i've been through worse and look at me now i've survived you know there's a lot of those things that you can kind of repeat to yourself affirmations that work that um, can kind of help you turn that around yeah oh you said so many great things one i was thinking about the reframing piece and just generally i've been saying this to myself a lot lately is what if it all works out? Like, mm -hmm. like, what if, you know, what if it all goes great? Like, instead of the, oh, this is terrible. I'm caught up in the moment and or I'm, you know, reflecting on historical things that I could have or should have or would have done different. Yeah. And yeah, and it's that downward spiral versus, well, what if it could all be great? And, you know, I'm going to follow this up with like, do you believe in manifestation? So get ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, um, thank like, you first I, for the vulnerability of sharing like what you went what, through. I'm, and I'm personally learning a lot about trauma like, and childhood trauma and how do you reparent yourself and mm. the process of learning, like, like how to rewrite that story that you tell yourself. How do you like it's not even just rewriting the story because like, like that's that. almost a, a way of suppression, right? But it's, it's um, how do you create new neural paths? Like, how do you, and I said, like, reparent. Seriously, like, I'm having conversations with myself, like, you know, why are you feeling distressed? Or, you know, mm -hmm. why do you feel abandoned? Like, why are you hurt? You like, know, you're, like, you know, going through the process of, like, like feeling your body and being in your space and, like, yeah. you're reminding yourself that you're safe. And so I love that you shared about just the conversation that you're having with yourself yeah. and changing what that dialogue is. And I've even... I don't know if you have you ever read, read like Eckhart Tolle. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. So I like kind of put it off for a while. I was like, man, this is really, uh, this is really deep. Like I don't know if I'm in a space where I can comprehend what he's saying. And 
you you kind of scratch the surface of it a little bit by saying like well am i my thoughts mm-hmm. like am, you know am i like what's happening in my mind or can i remove myself from that like is my mind serving me or stealing from me mm-hmm. <laughs> this um, journey of introspection is is wild it's hard oh, yeah. um, but i feel like it's it's really good work because if i get to come out on the other end and have some really cool names like misty and other people <laughs> to like acknowledge in my brain and set them straight like that's going to be good work <laughs> it's what it, you're right it's so wild because it's it's uh, once i started doing that i'm telling you amy this is like this has been the game changer for me and this has only been somewhat recently where i've realized i always knew i had a misty but there's actually a lot of different trauma-based people that have created thoughts in my brain that aren't my own and as i want to change behaviors or act differently there's usually somebody up there and i want to say somebody i promise i'm like i'm I'm okay like i'm you know there's nothing to be concerned with but there's like a certain type of thoughts that i that i associate with the person that uh you know that can really get in the way of you healing and moving forward and i talk to baby christy all of the time because i think a lot of the stuff we go through as adults really does stem from childhood experiences. So when I need to remind her that she's safe, I do that and and it really, it does work. Like it really does help. I don't, we're maybe on this call, we can come up with like anxious Andy or whoever's like in my brain that's, <laughs> that's messing me up. Cause it's not okay. <laughs> I think you should go with whatever name comes to your head first. That's, that's what I, I mean, Missy's my only one, but Linda. She comes through when she needs, she wants order and like, you know, to make sure things are a certain way. She's a control freak up there. I go, I talk to Hal. Hal is a money guy. He's the one who was broke in a past life. So he can't, he comes back to remind me of every bill that could possibly be due. So yeah, no, really like baby Christy is my other one. Like I have a few, but none of them rhyme besides Misty. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. All right. All right. I'm going to have to work through that one and collect all those folks and we're going to have to sit down and have a chat because I got to take control of what's going on up there. (laughs) Yep, it's helpful. Oh my goodness. My other question for you is, you know, like you worked in retail for a really long time. You worked in retail for what, like 18 years? 18 years, yeah. Do you like talking to strangers? Like, Like, I I don't remember. (laughs) I know that you were always like pretty pretty outgoing and we were pretty social and I remember some really special St. Patty's Day parties and stuff. <laughs> um, that's the word I'd use, special for sure. <laughs> I have to ask this question because that's a part of my podcast, right? Like, I'm like, trying I'm... to inspire people to just talk to talk other to human them. beings and like, find like, the beauty in that. Like everyone has a really incredible story. Like we've been, been on, on the phone for 15 minutes and you've already like, opened up your world to everybody about <laughs> you know who you are and what you've got going on but i was just curious like do you actually enjoy talking to strangers like, will you walk up to people and strike up a conversation is that is that you or is it not you know i think it really depends on a topic like if you sent me to a networking event with on purpose small talk that would not be a place where i would enjoy being like i just do not enjoy the initial process of hello, I'm Christy. What do you do for work? Like, I can't, like that just, it, I just can't. It's just awful to me. But you know, if I'm sitting at a bar and I'm happy and I'm, you know, eating alone, which I did a lot. If somebody wants to talk about, you know, Tom Brady and Giselle, or they want to talk about the drink that they're having or the vacation they want to, I love those conversations. I love the ones that go in, in not necessarily important, it's not important information, but like more in depth than just that fake surface level that people only want to share with strangers. You know, like I like the next level underneath. So do I like to talk to strangers? Yes, but 
there's also times where, like you said before, uh, I think when we were chatting earlier, it's just I, my my buckets only there's only so much room for communication in one day. If I I will avoid the public's line with that cashier and that bagger that want to talk about my entire life if I have just had too much <laughs> stimulation that day. So it it does depend, but I do love a real good random conversation. It makes total sense. Yeah, I I do have a limit for peopling as well, so that's, yes. I totally get it. I am curious. Then talk to me about like this was one of the like a, a bit of a tougher question. Is was there some sort of event like pivotal event in your life that you feel like man this was a cornerstone event and it really affected me and it changed who I am? What from that can we learn from you? Hmm. Yeah, this is a good question. I uh, I would say there's kind of two events, or it's like a before and after. The first one was when I made the decision to leave the Jehovah's Witness religion that I referenced earlier, because I had grown up in that religion, and the, there's it's very there's a lot that goes into it. But the long story short is they the religion wants you to kind of make that those people your entire world your family and your friends really are centered around and within that religion so when you leave or they never want you to leave really but when you leave they say you can no longer talk to the people inside the religion like if you saw them at the grocery store they would literally walk by you they don't they wouldn't even acknowledge you and they do that so that you know they can keep you in there longer but i made the decision my entire family and all of the friends that I had grown up with at 19 years old and kind of make it on my own. And, uh, you know, I had known since I was younger that that was something that I really wanted to do because I would say, I can actually remember when I was 11 sitting in one of my church meetings being like, this is not my life for the rest of my life. Like, this is not going to work. And I was super young. And so I knew eventually I just, I, I had to do authentic for me. And it's never easy to leave everything that you're comfortable with or, you know, your your family, your friends. But I, I what I took out of it personally, and it took time because there definitely was some grieving. I, there's still my next older brother I still haven't spoken to one day since I left that religion back when I was 19. I'm going to be 40 in, in March. So there was still grief there around the fact that, like, why wouldn't my family want to talk to me? Why is why am I not good enough? And why do I have to act a certain way to be accepted? And there's been a lot of trauma I've worked through and a lot of uh, conversations I've had with therapists. And I highly, highly recommend doing that if you haven't. But not you, your listeners. Uh and so for me, that was really a defining moment in my life of if I can survive that, if I can leave everything I've known and I can still come out the other side, not only just okay, but now have found amazing friends and have created my own family and my own life for myself and found people that love me and I can show up as who I am. It's, you know, sometimes those those hard decisions really do open you up to this whole new world of amazing possibilities. So, so just because it's scary doesn't mean it's not the right decision, but uh, it's for me was definitely a um, something I don't regret doing, and and actually made me I I've released any kind of anger or or uh, you know any hard feelings I have because I feel bad that other people in that religion don't get to have any freedom and experience life the way I've gotten to as well. So I really love that. And the second part that really helped me, and this one's just a quick one, is I decided who joined CrossFit back in 2011. And I had never really been into fitness. I, I was running before that. But I had never done any kind of group fitness since that. And CrossFit was, for me, it really, it gave me the confidence and the 
self-worth and the self-love and being able to lift like hundreds of pounds over your head and just do some amazing badass stuff was just so incredible for me. And I know CrossFit isn't for everybody specifically, but I would say to find something that is an outlet for you that you love, that doesn't have to make sense to anybody else, but that really just gives you joy and lights you up. Because once you get to experience that side of yourself, that is like the best version of you, that just unbridled joy version, uh, that can be a total game changer for how you show up and, and how confident you are showing yourself up for the rest of the world. So that would be another thing that that was a big deal for me. Yeah, you have been extremely dedicated to your physical fitness and it's so admirable. And I remember, I think it was even before you started CrossFit, you were into running and you inspired me to run my first race. I think you guys yeah. all were waiting for me at the finish line after my Gasparilla. Gasparilla, yeah. 5K. I forgot yeah. about that. That was so cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you're still dedicated to working out. Do you work out every single day? And you know, Me uh, f five days, five days a week. It's mental health now. Now it's like a lot of, I'm not as competitive as I used to be. Now it's like, it really helps me with my mental health. In what way? In a clarity, a sense of clarity for my mind. Like I feel like the days I don't work out, it's very busy up there. There's a lot of thoughts happening. There's a lot of almost like um, anxious energy that I kind of just need to get out. And after I work out, it almost just puts all of those things in order. Yeah. It's a marked difference. It's crazy. Uh, I've, I don't know. I, I've been off and on on a roller coaster of my commitment to physical fitness and more on recently and specifically like I've been cycling a lot more. That's something that mm -hmm. was really important to me in my childhood. And it's something to your point that I like to do on my own. It's like a meditative thing. I don't want to get into this, you know, cycling group where I wear spandex and somehow your phone fits in there and looks awkward and all that weird stuff. I'm not down for that. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> I'm going to wear my basketball shorts and I'm going to head out and just ride on my yeah. own, at my own pace. And, yeah, you got to do um, what you but, love. That's important. That's Yeah, really but, but to your point, it's, it's, it is, it's, well, it, it releases what oxytocin in your brain and you just feel better about yourself afterwards. And I'm trying to figure out to you, like, what is that commitment to, uh, to working out my, I'm, I'm going to go see my family for the holidays. And my niece is like, we're working out at 5am, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I'm like, I, I've done that before. Like I, I went to Orange Theory for a bit going at 5 a.m. and I'm like but I'm it's the holidays like do I have to it's gonna be snowing you know so all those all those things all those, that get in the way like, of like you know you're gonna feel great about it afterwards so I appreciate you you sharing that story and just the reminder that it's I've been thinking about like all of the things that you have to do to take care of yourself right so I, I've just been trying to figure uh, out like, like, what is the best way to take care of all of who I am and so I think I had like a, a mental kind of disposition about mental health <laughs> and and like a like a block almost I think a lot of people do right like it was it's, like you know for a long a really long time it was like a negative stigma to have oh, mental yeah. health issues yeah and now I've completely changed my mindset on that and, it, and it's taken me a while like earlier I was sharing with you like I was resistant and it was a coach and it wasn't a counselor and I was only there to work on anxiety and you know, I never, you know, fully opened the book or peeled, cracked back the can of worms or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now I'm like completely on the other side of that coin where I'm like, well, 
any major life event that happens, you know, if you broke a bone, you wouldn't be like, oh no, it'll, it'll heal. It's fine. I don't need to go to the doctor. <laughs> right. But, but if we like, you know, lose a loved one like, or like go from our job, we break up with a significant other, like all of those, like go through you a go divorce, through a di- all of those things are major life events and you can't just power through. <laughs> right. <laughs> And yeah. so I've been thinking about obviously mental health. I've been thinking about um, physical health. And then where I was going next was I was going to ask you about manifestation and, and spiritual health. And was just curious, like, what is your point of view on, on manifestation, spiritual health, like anything um, in, in that kind of third realm of how do we really take care of ourselves? And it's probably one of the most important ones outside of mental health, right? Because it's it's about like hope and inspiration. Yeah, I, I think I our think... beliefs about ourselves are so powerful. And if you are constantly reinforcing beliefs that you're, you know, that you're not good enough or that things aren't working out for you or that life really sucks, it's, it, I, I believe in the law of attraction. I believe that if you, you're manifesting all the time, whether you like it or not, and, and you can, people get weirded out by the word manifesting because it sounds so like woo wooey, but it's really just, you're creating whether you like it or not all of the time with your words. So if you're saying things to people like this sucks or my job's awful, or I, I never have enough money or any of those things that's that when those things happen and come to fruition our, our society has kind of been like see I told you so like that's what I knew it was going to happen versus understanding there's another side to that you know that you can say things like hey I know things count for me like I am a job and if it's not this one it's going to be something better I trust that the universe has really good things in store for me and the, the more you do it and show up and and I always this is my favorite things to do because really once I I would say March 2020 was really my turning point but I've been really kind of into the spiritual world and figuring that out for myself since about 20 and over time one of the things I did as to like build trust with manifesting and just creator is just to ask for little signs things and initially I liked I used elephants as my sign and I got this from um Gabby Bernstein. She was one of the first books I read. The Universe Has Your Back is is the book that I'm referencing. And she said to pick a animal of some sort, the first one that comes to your head and just say to the universe, like, hey, I would love to know that you have my back. Can you make it a point to show me more of this animal? For me, it was elephants. And it was so cool that in the moments where I really needed something or I felt like I just needed confirmation or reassurance or whatever, an elephant would pop out of nowhere and I and I you can switch you can switch animals as you go you can do it with cars or butterflies or whatever but it's incredible the the signs that you'll get when you start to trust and believe and the only thing getting in the way is really you feeling like you're going to look like a dummy if you say oh I I said I was going to get that job and I didn't and once you can bypass once you can get over that fear of looking a certain way to other people and just know that it's not about them it's about you I promise you things will just fall into place around you. It's incredible. So I'm in case you couldn't tell, big believer in manifestation. Yeah. Yeah. And you hit on like ego a little bit, right? And how ego can get in the way. Yeah. And just like life throws you curveballs. You know, sometimes they're coming like back to back or in triplets. I was going through this. Like, like I, you know, one of my loved ones had shared with me, like, I don't like your aura right now. Like you have a brown aura. Your energy is dull, you know? (laughs) And that was a tough pill to swallow, but it was a really important conversation for me. 
mm-hmm. and you've got a lot of stuff that's going on in your life and it's not ideal like how do you reframe that conversation then like you know what you're talking about like you you know you had some stuff going on in your childhood like, like I recently had some you know like I'm still going through it my my the tables have turned i've become a caregiver for one of my parents you know i'm probably forcing the envelope to try to grow my career or or work on my relationship and and sometimes it feels like you know the harder you go after something um, the further you are you know pushing it away and so i just was curious of your point of view like how how does manifestation show up when you feel like you're under a dog pile yeah it's um well i would say first off it's you don't want to completely bypass the feelings that you have and it doesn't have to be one of those things where oh my gosh i said a negative thing and now nothing's going to work out for me so you also don't want to slide the pendulum the entire other way of being so cautious that you can't you know we're humans like we're going to have a full range of emotions and that's okay but when you feel like you get stuck in a rut or or having the same thing repeat one of the things i would do if you don't already is to journal some of some of your thoughts and there's something i've i can type faster than i can write i actually don't enjoy journaling in a journal i i type a journal and the website is monkey.com m-o-n-k it's m-o-n-n-k-e-e i think it's like two n's two e's okay or, or there might be two k's i don't know but the point is it's it's private it needs like its own special passcode so nobody can get into it and just the thoughts flow need, they need a space they need like somewhere to go so it otherwise i don't know about you but i get into that cycle in my head where it just keeps re- repeating over and over and i just can't break out of it and then another thing that i do is distract myself with something good that is happening so if you're super caught up in um you know uh a job that you really need like let's say you hate your job and you just you have to go every day so you have to face it head on you can't avoid the fact that you have to go to your job the time that you spend should not be spent focused on your job you have to find the one thing in your life that is going really well and give your and just direct your attention to the thing that actually is going well because if you don't if you keep staying in the dog pile you're not you're there's there's no way out like you have to change your vibe because what happens is when you go into when you shift your focus towards the area of things that are going well then the universe is like oh that's going well here's more of that you like that here's more of that you're grateful for that here's more of that and it actually will help all of the other things if you give the focus to that one good thing even if 90 other things are going really bad but you have to you have to be committed you have to go all in again back to the ego thing of you can't just like be half-assed and be like this is never going to work but i promise you if you can take the one little thing that's going well and kind of beef it up and just give it all you got that will start some momentum in other areas because it's not we just repeat the same story and that's how we keep getting the same results yeah yeah, the definition yeah. of somebody, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I should have picked something other than a dog pile because I would really not mind being under a pile of dogs or puppies. A puppy pile, <laughs> which I thought there was a, a poop uh, that was, you know, an asterisk in there. Yeah. But <laughs> I would like a pile of puppies as well. That would be very nice. <laughs> well, I'm uh, sure if anyone's listened up to this point, they know that you have a ton of superpowers, but I'd love to hear in your own words, what do you think is your superpower? I really, I have kind of been able to give this a term over the last probably even year or so, maybe maybe a little bit longer, but I do think I'm an empath and I, I, I learned that kind of growing up. I'm, I'm really good at picking up energy with people or I can walk into a room or I can like be in a group of people and kind of sense what the room needs or what those people need or how to make things better, how to bring some good juju in there. So that's, that's um, a positive that I've, now that I'm learning how to use it, 
I'm happy to have it. And why I say that, I think I spent the majority of my time using it to chameleon myself and doing it at the expense of myself for a lot of years where I would kind of be that person and be like, oh, yeah, you don't like Diet Coke? Me neither. Diet Coke's kind of dumb, you know? And I would just kind of like see where I fit in. And I, I mean, in my younger years, I did that a lot. And then I learned that actually I can still put myself in other people's positions to, to help understand what they're going to best serve them to get them where they want to be. And at the same time, not lose my opinion on things or how I feel about things and be more self-aware. But I am like a sponge in a lot of senses. So I love hearing from people. Like I actually enjoy, I think in another life, if I didn't have to go to school for eight years, I, I do love hearing what people are going through and, and feel like I'm able to help them, you know, where they want to go. But I am like a sponge of emotions. So there are some days where I feel things and I pick up on things and not wringing out the sponge and not carrying everything all the time because that can be easy for me to do. But like I do to relate to people and I love like I've helped people and like seeing the light bulb turn on is one of the most just rewarding things for me. So that's um that's probably what I would say. Well, first of all, I can absolutely see that for you. You've given me such great advice over the years and you're mm -hmm. such a sincere listener. And mm -hmm. I've also seen you uh, change the momentum of the mood in a room, being a ray of sunshine. And, you know, I just, I love that. Uh, that, you, that you've obviously identified it and that you're trying to harness it and that you also have set boundaries in it, right? Because you yeah. can only absorb so much. I think that's, that's super important. That's... Like, I, I think I, I was sharing with you earlier, someone really important to me is also an Enneagram 7 and some of the things you said about like, you know, being a chameleon versus like, like how do I stand in my truth and still honor other people's truth. And also like, when you have really positive, good energy, uh, other people, you can only do so much before other people need to be able to cultivate that in themselves. Right? Yes. So like, yeah. You, you can give me a shot in the arm, um, but, but I've got to go, you know, you know, run the mile or, or whatever it, it takes to, um, to actually do and believe and, and bring myself there. And yes. that, that's such important work. Well said. That. No, yeah. that was I was that was uh, that was a amen sister. That was me agreeing with you 100%. The boundaries and being able to like just just start, start the fire, but not fan it. You know, like not keep it going. There's only so much you can do. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, adulting's hard, but it's you know when I think about what I'm most thankful for right now is like well conversations like this. Like I've been yes. um, reconnecting with people that are really important to me and that I care about. And when I think about the soul connection or spiritual belief or whatever that is, like, that truly does come to life for me um, through the people that I surround myself like, with. Like, when I think about energy and when I think about when I'm at my like, best, what what's is, the like, best energy color? I don't know, is it white? Is it like pure white? We know, yeah, we know well, a brown like aura is terrible. <laughs> a golden aura, is that what it is? Yeah, a golden one's nice. Okay, okay. I, I don't know the scale, I should look it up. I just figured brown was poo. It's really not a scale. It's kind of like, well, brown is bad. Brown and gray is, gray is the worst, but you know, okay. it's okay. There's, they all kind of mean something different. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I should like take solace and it wasn't the worst. It was just brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take your wins where you can get them, man. Go oh. for it. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I feel like I'm, I'm really at my best when I'm connecting with people and it's genuine, it's sincere, and we truly 
um, have the have the best in mind for one another. Um, and so I say all that to say, like, I've really grilled you up with a lot of questions and I didn't know if you had been thinking of any questions for me. It's okay if you don't have any, but. Um. No, I, I did. I, I love, <laughs> I think it's so um, coming, <laughs> people who don't have a podcast, it's it, which is not, this isn't, any, I probably didn't come across this with us the right way, but people who do not have a podcast, when you listen to podcasts, it seems like something that's really easy to do and you kind of just show up and everything's fine. You talk and you're done, but there's actually a lot of work that goes into it behind the scenes to make it sound right and to get the right people on it and to have the right topics. Like there is a lot that goes into it. So my question for you is, and you might've answered this in another podcast, so I apologize if you have, is what was the thing that made you want to start this? And like, what do you hope to achieve out of it? Cause I love, I love that you, are, you're doing this. I think it's so awesome what anybody goes and does. Like, it's like, I'm going to put myself out there. Like, that's the best. It's a great question. And I like went, because I knew you had a podcast. So I went hunting and I was like, okay, I, I listened to a few in the beginning. I was following you. And, you know, then I don't listen to podcasts for a little while. Nothing against you. <laughs> and then, um, and then I was like, okay, well, I got to go check up on Christy before we chat. And you hadn't posted in a while. So I didn't know if I was like, okay, I want to send people to Christie's Chasing uh, chasing the Stars, right? Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I wanted to make that plug. And if you, you know, it's still out there in the universe. And I love like all of your just conversations. And, and it's for me personally, like it it resonated, you know, a lot of them resonated quite a bit with my, my journey that I'm going on inward right now. Mm-hmm. And um, when you ask like, why did I start this podcast? It's kind of funny because I didn't intend to have this specific type of podcast. Mm. So it was before the pandemic and I was traveling quite a bit for work. Uh, I, I do learning and development. That's my gig. We were challenged to learn how to deliver different modalities of learning and podcasts mm. were super popular at the time. And a coworker of mine and I were like, oh, we're going to enter this contest. We've got a really great idea for our podcast. We'd probably want to keep it going after we, you know, win the contest, whatever. We didn't win, by the way. But, um, <laughs> uh, and so we, we called it um, the Road Warrior Way. <laughs> hmm. And then cute. like literally two or three months after we recorded our, our first episode, the world shut down. <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, oh, I guess, I guess we're not on the road anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and I kind of, I gave up on it and without going into a whole lot of detail, like I, I have struggled to maintain, um, hobbies and interests that are important to me. I sacrifice uh, a lot of myself to show up for others and I'm learning how to have healthier habits when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And because this was a passion of mine, one, like connecting with and talking to the people that I care about and two, encouraging other people, like okay, it's physically impossible to go experience everything there is to experience in the world, but how many people do you walk past that have a really cool story and you could like learn so much more by just being curious and striking up a conversation? So I was like, that's the kind of podcast that I want to have. And then it started to evolve. Like you inspired me and, and, and you know, we're going to chat after this because I want to learn more, but I want to write a book now and, and not like a book, like I don't read, so let's just be clear about that. Like, I, I listen to books. I don't, I have the attention span of a gnat. So it's not going to be like a reference book. But you've inspired me. I, I kind of shared with you a little bit through text. Why don't I take all of the work that I'm doing to try to 
understand my trauma, figure out my mental health, figure out, you know, who I am and what's my purpose and my values and my goals and all that, you know, really tough stuff. And like count that out over, I don't know if it's a daily journal or if it's when you want to come to it. Uh, but I felt like it fit perfectly into the podcast because it's yeah. like, have you met dot, 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 and then yourself. Yeah. Like it's, and- it's an ongoing journey, but I feel like that's something and it's not, I, I maybe have like three listeners right now. So you kept refer- referencing listeners. I'm like, it's going to be you and me after this. <laughs> yeah, but people are going to be coming and <laughs> coming back um, to listen. This is evergreen. So you'll have this forever. Yeah. So, so but I, what I was thinking is like, to wrap up my answer, why did I do this? It's like, if I can just touch one other person's life, you know, I'm learning a lot about myself and and it's been really freaking painful um and if i can help someone else you know, work like, through that or you know help process that better or, i don't know just generally help someone in some way either through you know the parodies of our podcast conversations or or through this book that i'm putting out there in the universe that i'm i'm going to develop um that was that was my intent yeah i love it i love that book idea i think that's really uh, people love to work alongside I think if, if, like you said, they're following along with your podcast and learning from people, it's going to inspire them to use it more. So that's a really cool idea. Yeah. What else? What, any other any other questions or closing thoughts? I'm just excited that you had me on. It was great to reconnect and catch up. And like I said before, it's like no time has passed. So I'm uh, thank you for having me on. No, thanks so much, Christy. This was such a great conversation. And I know that although we We, we, take time apart at times and aren't able to connect, um, I know that you always will be there for me and I really appreciate you. Um, Obviously as a friend, as a human being, like you're, you truly are a ray of sunshine and um, it's just been a pleasure to have you on and I'm going to be calling you a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm putting you on the hook. You're going to help me get unstuck from this dog pile and it's all going to be good. So hopefully you have some of that emotional energy left. Yeah, we're gonna turn the we're gonna turn the dog pile into a literal dog pile of puppies. That's gonna be the progression. Puppy love. Puppy love. All right, thanks, Christy. All right, talk to you in a few. See you. Okay. Bye.